0: welcome back to For the Girls. We're so excited to get into all of the excitement for Mexico this weekend. And Chessa and Tiggy will be there, and they are doing a meet and greet on Friday night. So check out our Instagram story for more info on that, and definitely join our Discord and socials as always at F One R The Girls. We'll get right into it. I'm Sarah. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. So, as Sarah
1: mentioned, F1 is going to Mexico, and so are we. We are so excited to be there in person. Super pumped to meet you all who will be joining us on Friday night for our meetup. Just a final reminder, as Sarah said to RSVP, if you are in the area, even if you aren't going to the race, it's going to be super fun. Last year, the Mexico Grand Prix was the second best attended race on the calendar. And traditionally, the atmosphere has been out of this world. The FIA actually named it the best F1 event of the year, five years in a row from 2015 to So Let's go. Ready. It's also during Halloween weekend. So we hope to see some fun costumes while we're in the city. if People are celebrating. But we are heading to the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, which 71 laps, 4.3 kilometers, two DRS zones. There is so much to look out for here. We're so excited.
2: So this is actually a really cool, really cool circuit. I'm really excited to see it in person. The final corner is called Peraltada. It's at turn 17, and it used to be super fast and scary back in the day. It's also slightly banked, which means the drivers could go even faster. But part of the modernization of this track was to bisect the turn and make it much slower, read much safer. Um, Because it's followed by a really long, fast straight, Many people think this turn is a little bit reminiscent of the Parabolica curve at Monza, which is a fun little fun fact. Senna had a really bad crash here at one point and raised a petition for it to be changed. So over the years, it has been a little bit more modernized and become a little bit safer, for sure.
0: For some history, this track was actually designed by a student, Oscar Fernandez, for his thesis in 1953, which is such a fun fact. The track was then built in 1959. It was sponsored by the Mexican president. Evon first raced at the track in 1962 in a non-championship capacity. And then the next year in 1963, it had its first full Grand Prix. And in 1962, one of the sons of the man who got the president to sponsor construction of the track died going through Peraltada during practice, head of the race, which is so sad. His name was Ricardo, and his brother was also a racer named Pedro. After Ricardo died, the track was named Hermanos Rodriguez after the racing brothers. Tragically, the other brother, Pedro, also died behind the wheel nine years later.
2: That's so sad. There's a lot of history, family history here at this track then.
0: Yes,
1: F1 raced there for seven years after opening, and then it lost its spot actually on the calendar, apparently due to its own popularity. I guess the organizers weren't able to control the over 200,000 spectators which is crazy for even back then and it was dangerous for the drivers which was kind of legendary I love the hype from the fans (laughs) but it lost its spot on the calendar seven years after opening and then came back in 1980 after some redesign but it fell off the calendar again without enough funding to modernize the track so lots of back and forth on the calendar And back in the day, it was the season finisher, so it was super fun, really exciting vibes. But then finally, in 2015, after 23 years, F1 returned to the track. They did a big redesign, as we talked about, seriously cutting off and slowing down the infamous Peraltada corner and lots of different modernization for the fan experience, and the stadium, the stands, and all of that. So it is now one of the best F1 events, as the FIA have deemed it.
2: I'm so excited. (laughs) Let's talk about last year's race before we talk about what we can expect for this weekend. So last year, Mercedes had a front row lockout, but it was a crazy start. There were literally three across with Max going into the first turn. Max leapfrogged both of them. It was beautiful to watch. And then Danny hit Bottas, who spun out. Checo went into the grass. It was very chaotic. Ocon made contact with one of the Haas cars. Both Yuki and Mick got caught up in the mess and DNF'd. On that first lap, wow, I forgot how chaotic it truly was. There was a full safety car, and then we had some lovely pit stops by Red Bull. They were 2.2 and 2.3 seconds, both for Max and Checo. And then on the last lap, Checo was so close to Lewis, literally like half a second behind, his race engineer told him to, quote, drain the battery, but he wasn't able to sneak by. So in the end, we had Max, Lewis, Checo, and then Gasly Leclerc, and Signs. Okay. It Gasly. Was, wow. Yeah. <laughs> little wild card in there. It was really beautiful to watch. Everyone was screaming, ole, 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 Checo. It was very electric. Um, and like we mentioned in our Track Tuesday post, check it out. Checo became the first Mexican to score a podium on home soil. It was a huge moment. Really just so amazing to see all the pride and love coming from the fans. And You have to go back and watch his dad celebrating. He was just like the smiliest, jolliest man I've ever seen.
1: He was so happy. (laughs)
0: So cute. In terms of what kind of racing we can expect, watch out for the elevation is what makes this track so distinctive. This track has the highest elevation on the calendar. It's over two kilometers above sea level. The next second highest elevation is in Brazil at around 700 meters, so not even close. And for context, that's about 1.5 miles. So hopefully, drivers have done their elevation training or done some adapting. The air is about 25% thinner than at sea level. And interestingly, which I think this is so cool, it also affects the cars. So it has an aero impact on the cars, so teams can go with lower downforce setups. But as always, less downforce makes you go faster, but also means you have less grip. And it also impacts the power unit. So the turbo and the power unit has to put in a lot more work just to get through the race. So overall, this poses a lot of challenges for car setup and also taxes the cars in a way that can impact power unit reliability a lot. So definitely watch out for that. I'm excited to see if we have any car setup Um, either successes or fiascos. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: look out for the amazing chicane at 4-0 Seoul, which was a baseball stadium. Those seats and views are apparently incredible. The F1 website literally says, quote, the atmosphere when the podium ceremony unfolds, there has to be experienced to be believed. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Unfortunately, we're not sitting there, but I'm sure it's amazing. Oh, wait,
0: but I do Wait. I think fifteen is part of Four O Soul. I think we are, yeah. Are we? <gasps> yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah,
0: you guys are in one of those grandstands.
1: Oh baby, <laughs> <laughs> the racing on this track is a little bit different from the past. A lot of people have lamented the loss of the S's, especially, but it's still a super fun track. Hopefully, we'll make for great racing this weekend. And now that I know we're in Foro Soul. guys guys i'm so
2: excited there's also a part where like the drive the drivers will go under the stands it's gonna be awesome i'm very excited yeah
1: Yeah, i'm so jealous you guys are
0: gonna need to facetime me in (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: apparently you can literally see into the cockpit of the cars as they go by
0: baby let's go wow
2: So the teams, let's talk about Red Bull, of course. Now they've cinched both titles, but that will not be enough for them. There's still a lot more at stake and a lot more to race here for them. If Max wins just one more race, he'll break the record for most wins in a single season. And of course, it's Checo's home race, and this is probably his best ever chance of winning. He is locked in a very tight battle with Charles for P2 in the Drivers' Championship, only two points behind him. The hometown pressure is just so intense for him. It's gotta be wild. The crowds that came out to see him do the show run of an old Red Bull were massive. Tons of videos coming in from Guadalajara, which is his hometown. And last year he handled the pressure very well. So fingers crossed it all works out for him this year. And one more thing to note about Red Bull there has been some like, speculation in a few, a handful of articles out there basically people have asked Max if he's going to let Checo win this weekend which I think is a silly thing to ask a world champion of course Max is like <laughs> we're going to race as a team like the ideal scenario is like a Red Bull 1-2 and someone was like well, what if you are behind Checo and you're going to the win and you're both going to get one, too? Are you going to let him pass to let him win? And Max is
0: like, obviously not.
1: <laughs> Checo doesn't uh, need help. Checo's going to yeah. do it by himself.
0: Let- <laughs> yeah, Checo wouldn't want to win if it was obvious that Max yeah. was letting him do a drive-by or something. Silly stuff. For Ferrari, on paper, Ferrari had a great weekend. Carlos was in Austin. Carlos was on a poll and he only DNFed through George's fault, not his own fault. And Charles drove from P12 to podium, but they're still not that happy. The Ferrari sporting chief said that Red Bull just still is such a straight line speed advantage. This is just such an ongoing theme of this season, and I guess will continue to be true all the way through the end. And It must be a bit hard to swallow watching Red Bull wrap up constructors as well. It's wild now to think about what the beginning of the season felt like, but I'm sure that was a bit tough to watch. So Hopefully they have a strong showing in Mexico. And then for Mercedes, similarly, clock is ticking down for Lewis to be able to get a win before he ends up with his first ever winless season. But he did come closer last race than he has all season, so maybe a chance. It will be interesting for Mexico to see whether they keep their new front wing, which would probably get challenged, or if they change it just to not have to deal with the hassle. They also brought new floor fences and floor edges to Austin. So a couple new components, keep an eye out for that. But historically this hasn't really been their favorite track. So we'll see.
1: We'll see. Yeah, it is crazy to think about the beginning of the season with Ferrari and they're not super far. Mercedes is not super far from Ferrari and constructors either. So they still got to really defend and fight (laughs) for their spot. So for McLaren, the Lando half of McLaren is on an upswing after the U.S. And on the other hand, unfortunately, Danny Rick is on the struggle bus, which is not any new news, but it's still tough to watch. He said after finishing P-16 in Austin that he was, quote, choosing to laugh because I don't really want to cry and that he was feeling a bit helpless, which is no. which is sad. But also, man, come on. Like, come on. For Alpine... The Australian F2 driver Jack Duhan will drive FP1 in Ocon's car. Alpine is continuing to fight Haas's protest from Austin that resulted in a penalty, which dropped Alonso to P15. So there's going to be a meeting over it on Thursday. We shall see what happens. And then speaking of Haas, we talked about K-Mag's amazing wheel-to-wheel battle with Vettel right at the end. And he said the nicest stuff about Seb and how privileged he was to race him. I cannot believe Seb's career is winding down here. But Mick, time is ticking down. He needs to score some points. He needs to prove his worth. Like, come on, Mick. And also, come on, Haas. Like, speed it up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. I'm so stressed. When on earth are they going to make an announcement? There's only three races left.
2: I know. They're giving him as much time as they can. I mean, I'm here <laughs> for that. Mick, we're all rooting for you, kid. For Alpha Tower, last week Yuki got his first, point in, first points in 12 races, so definitely some good momentum and he'll be in a good headspace for the weekend. But on the other hand, Gasly got multiple safety car-related penalties and had a tough run of it. But he did say the car had good pace until that happened, so maybe Tari will have a little bit of a comeback this weekend. For Alfa Romeo, Bottas was definitely pretty hard on himself after his driver error crash in Austin. So hopefully he can bounce back, end the season strong, be in a good headspace. Um, That would be a good hot take for the weekend. I feel like Bottas, we haven't seen much of him lately. And Alfa Romeo, they brought an upgraded floor to Austin, which we didn't really get to see in action too much because of Bottas' DNF. So maybe that will also help push them forward for the weekend in Mexico.
0: For Williams, Albon got a five second penalty in Austin for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. So he ended up being demoted to be 13 and got a penalty point for his license. Must be so tough to deal with these demotions after the fact, but yeah, hopefully... I feel like
1: they're handing penalty points out on licenses like candy. It is. I like, know I feel, every race. We're like, and he got a penalty point and he got a penalty point.
0: I know. Just a lot going on with that. And for Aston Martin, Vettel seems to definitely be getting sad and sentimental about finishing up his last season, which is just so sad. But hopefully he'll have another amazing race in the points this weekend. And Aston Martin is only one point behind Alfa Romeo in constructors. So they're going to be going after it the rest of the season for sure.
1: That's wild. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of sneaky battles in constructors right now, that being one of them. So for our hot takes, uh, I feel like I can't not say Checo wins, but also like that's so much pressure for him. I feel like everybody is expecting that, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, Checo. Yeah, what's one more person? <laughs> I know. Who am I? Um, I'm just putting it out there. Checo's going to win, and I would love to see Vettel in the top five. I want Vettel I'm, – I'm announcing it now. Hot take for the rest of the season, Vettel in top five every race.
0: Please. Done. <laughs> Big <that>. manifestation game. <laughs> I can get behind that. Um, yeah, I have to also say a win. Just that would be unbelievable. And then my hotter take is Lando Podium. Or maybe Lando Podium is very ambitious. Maybe Lando top five. But what was the last race He was P6? Just such a heads-down, stealthy weekend from him. I think he's definitely – Got in the car, getting the most out of that kind of bad car right now. So excited to see what he can do this weekend. Yeah,
1: he's got to start flexing if he wants to be number one driver to Piastri next year.
2: That'll be an interesting situation, though, to actually see who's going to come out on top. I feel like it could be anyone's.
0: I know. Anyone's I think that's going to be one of the most feisty slash dramatic teammate pairings.
2: I cannot wait. Okay, I'm going to jump on the Checo train because. Well, obviously, why? Why wouldn't I? a win, for sure. And then I'm going to say a Ferrari and a Mercedes on podium. So, ipso facto, no max for me this weekend at all. <laughs> I'm going to be really hot about it. Let's go. <laughs> so, news this week. We talked about how W Series ran out of money and sadly can't finish the rest of their season. But in the wake of that, F1 announced that it was starting its own woman-only support series their goal for this series is to be a feeder to F3 and F2. We talked about how part of the criticism surrounding the W Series was that it was sort of a road to know there, so it would be pretty compelling for F1 if it's actually served as a true feeder series, you know, to then go to F3, F2, and then the goal being F1. They claim that the series will not be a direct competitor to the W Series, but it seems impossible for that not to be the case. But apparently the season is—this series— yeah, but apparently this series is going to be aimed at younger drivers. I think this is all well and good. I'm always down for more series and, and programs to support women. But it really just seems to me that F1 could have saved themselves a lot of trouble, just teamed up with the W Series, expanded it, helped them with some money, made it more towards a true feeder series. I think it could have been a little bit of a win-win, in my opinion. Lewis, of course, ever our, our king for women, said that F1, quote, needs to be doing more to encourage young women. He noted that in the driver's briefing in Austin, there were around 70 men in there, two females, and then just two people of color. So definitely a lot of work to be done. I love to see F1 stepping up, but in my opinion, maybe could have just done a little bit more.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that develops. Announced fresh off the press this morning, Sauber and Audi have come to an agreement that Sauber will compete as the Audi factory team starting in 2026. As a reminder, Sauber currently races as Alfa Romeo. Audi plans to take a stake in Sauber when this happens. Audi will create their own power unit while Sauber will develop the car in Switzerland and then also be in charge of executing race operations. Alfa Romeo will end their title sponsorship of Sauber at the end of 2023, where Sauber will continue to use Ferrari power units through 2025 until they are ready to switch to Audi in 26. I think that's super exciting. It's great to see Audi finding a partner in F1, and the whole thing is real. So I'm here for it. Maybe I'll be an Audi fan next year. Not next year, 2026.
0: Yeah, a couple years down the road, but that's exciting. (laughs)
2: We all need a little extra health booth sometimes and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder green machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before
0: and after production.
1: And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code FORTHEGIRLS at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code FORTHEGIRLS for 20% off your first
2: order. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today.
0: Getting into our special topic, we are doing a deep dive on, of course, the one and only Checo. Since Tiggy and Chessa are heading to Mexico City this weekend, it's Perfect time to do a deep dive on the only Mexican F1 driver. Sergio was born in Guadalajara. He started karting in 1996 at the age of six, and he quickly stood out as just an absolutely born natural. He's often known as the Mexican of wonder kind. And we saw just, as you mentioned, amazing videos from one of our followers where Checo was doing a show run in the 2011 Red Bull in Guadalajara in front of huge crowds, Just looked amazing. And a fun fact is his older brother is a retired stock car racing driver who competed in the NASCAR Mexico Series. So that's a good fun fact. And in 2004, he made the move to single-seaters, and he had the support of the Mexican businessman and I think billionaire, Carlos Slim. Mm-hmm, definitely and billionaire. And so he began racing in the Skip Barber Racing Series in the USA. Yeah, just yet another shout-out of how a lot of people have kind of billionaire backers if they want to make it make it up to F1.
2: Yeah, definitely had a lot of support from the early races. So after his stint in the U.S. For, for a year, he did what many future F1 drivers do and basically just moved to Europe to race in the junior series. He was only 15 years old at the time, literally flew there on a one-way ticket by himself. And apparently he lived above a restaurant where he would kind of like hang out and help, with the, help the chefs. So definitely some wholesome roots to start his F1 career. He raced for two years in the German Formula BMW Championship and then moved into the British F3 Championship. He was super successful in both of those and in the support series circuit in general. He won the junior title in the UK and then he was second in the 2010 GP2 Championship. He also, of note, was a member of the Ferrari Driver Academy up until 2012. So definitely had some ties with Ferrari at the beginning.
1: Yes, which brings us to F1. Checo's early days in F1 were marked by a lot of big moves across several teams. So buckle up. In 2011, he made his F1 debut for Sauber at the Australian Grand Prix. At the time, he was the first Mexican F1 driver to start a race in 30 years. He finished 16th in the Drivers' Championship but definitely showed a lot of promise So in 2012, he extended with Sauber despite having done a mid-season test with Ferrari in his debut season. But he had a much better season with several early podium finishes. And at one point, there was even speculation that he could replace Felipe Massa at Ferrari. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so crazy. But then McLaren noticed his potential, signed him as Lewis's replacement for the 2013 season, although that only lasted a season since the McLaren car was especially uncompetitive that year. For 2014, Checo was signed by Racing Point Force India, which is now known as Aston Martin. He stayed there for seven years until 2020, had seven super strong seasons with them, placing top 10 in the Drivers' Championship every single year, This is really where he developed his reputation as a consistent driver with great tactical intelligence, his reputation for looking after the tires, being the tire whisperer, minister of (laughs) defense, all the names we know and love for Checo. In 2017, he was teammates with Ocon, and they had a pretty spicy on-track relationship. They had collisions at Baku, Hungary, Spa. The team had to ban them from racing each other. So there's drama all up and down the grid. <laughs> I, feel like. I
2: love when when teams have to ban the drivers from racing with each other because it just shows <laughs> that they're super committed to winning and like nothing's yeah. going to take them down.
1: I know. Like that just seems like an unlikely pair to me to be fighting, but that maybe that yeah. shows that I'm a newer fan. I don't know. <laughs> But in 2020, he took his maiden victory at the Soccer Grand Prix, where after being in last place due to his first lap collision and pit stop, he took advantage of a safety car late in the race and took P1. So got to be one of his epic drives up there on the top of the list.
0: If you all haven't watched this race, you can go back and F1 TV and watch it, please. It was just absolutely incredible last to first in a racing point. India car. Yeah, so cool. let's go insane. And he said at the time that he hoped he wasn't dreaming because he had been dreaming of this moment for 10 years and Aww. it was just absolutely insane. And at this point he didn't have a seat for the next year. And it was either the last race of the season or the second to last race of the season. Um, and so he had to really just put it all on the line. And then that's when he got the Red Bull seat.
2: So enter twenty, enter Red Bull for the 2021 season. His first season with Red Bull was just last year, which is kind of hard to imagine. I feel like he's been there forever, but it was just last year. It was a pretty electric first season, especially given the fact that he was being compared to Max the whole time. He took one win, five podiums, and he had fourth place overall in the Drivers' Championship. So definitely not too shabby from him. His maiden or his win last year was the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. He had a really good restart battle with Lewis, took the win from him. But I would say arguably the most epic drive of 2021 was the final race in Abu Dhabi. He did what he did best, which was one, defend, and then two, save the tires while fending off repeated attacks by Hamilton. So go all around for that race. All of the work that he did massively helped Max and helped him make up enough time to eventually catch Hamilton and, as we all know, eventually win the world title. I, if I remember correctly, there's a radio at the end where where Max is just like, "Checo is a legend."
1: Yeah, <laughs> For Max, basically just saving him. <laughs> Max was very pleased with Checo that race. He was yeah, he really put the team on his back there. <laughs>
0: And in addition to being such a skilled and experienced driver in his own right, he's such a team player and a huge asset to the Red Bull team. I think Red Bull just absolutely loves him because they had struggled for so long to find a good number two driver and someone who worked well with Max after Danny Rick and then going through Gasly and Albon and these drivers who underperformed. And then Checo's experience, I think, and being a bit more mature and being just such a strong, smart driver has worked out really well for them totally
1: but to some this season has been a mixed bag i think at the beginning of the season he was looking really strong in the car and close to rivaling max in terms of performance for a second there we thought he may even be able to challenge for the title i remember that debate kind of earlier in the season but since then he has had a rougher back end of the season And with some of, with some exceptions, of course, he has been criticized by some for wasting opportunities and costing Red Bull points in the championship. But overall, we would argue that it has been one of his greatest seasons yet. He's having a bit of a comeback heading into Mexico. This season, he got his first pole position. He won at Monaco. He has had his most podiums in a year. More recently, he had an incredible win at Singapore, and now he is the first Mexican to win the Constructors' Championship. So, very great season for him so far. And I think since we just mentioned the Singapore win, now is a good time to mention some of the struggles that Checo has faced being the only Mexican driver on the grid. As we've talked about before, after the Singapore Grand Prix, he commented that people wrote him off over the last few months and called out the media for exaggerating the rough patch just because he's from Mexico. He said, quote, whenever you have a bad race or a little bit of a bad patch as any other driver, sometimes with the Latin drivers, you can hear a bit more criticism. He has since walked that back a bit, but he's emphasized that it comes from frustration where quote sometimes people don't really understand the type of challenge i'm facing but unfortunately it's been something that he struggled with his whole f1 career especially in his early years in press conferences he said he feels that sometimes he isn't taken seriously and that quote sometimes people say well he's just a mexican he's lazy his culture and so on damn that's as we talked about yeah totally the worst, the worst example of this year by far was Helmut Marco jo- joking that Checo lost out on podium at the French Grand Prix because he was, quote, asleep at the restart and that, quote, maybe he drank tequila yesterday, which
0: is just horrible. Yeah, Helmet Marco's just got to go. I can't – Checo seems to really love Red Bull, but I can't imagine needing to work in a work environment where you have to deal with someone like that. And so he really just props to Checo for being able to, to deal with that. Yeah,
2: he's definitely rising above a lot of it. And it was so great when he won in Singapore and was kind of like, this is what we do. Like, we just put our heads down, we work. Like, I feel like that's definitely been his M.O. So while we are talking about media controversies and some of the, the tough time he's faced in the media and with his team, we do want to mention a video that is resurfacing as of late of Checo in 2014, making some very disappointing comments about Susie Wolf and I think about women more generally, the comments were made when he was driving for Force India, so it was definitely a while ago, but it was after Susie Wolf made her free practice debut for Williams. He was asked if he'd like a woman as a teammate, and he said, quote, imagine if a woman beats you, that would be it. It's better that she just goes to the kitchen. So like I said, this was many years ago. He since apologized, but it's so crappy to hear that, especially with all the struggles that women are facing, trying to get their foot in the door in motorsports and f one It just definitely does not help the case. It kind of highlights what the probably general sentiment of a lot of people in F1 is, even if they don't want to say it. So definitely a shame, but maybe a good learning lesson now that it's resurfacing with all of the stuff coming up around the W Series. It's just going to help people be a little bit more thoughtful going forward.
0: In terms of his personal life off the track, he's definitely one of the more private and wholesome drivers. He's married to Carla Martinez, and they have three children, one of which was born this year. They're... Kids are really cute. They met back in 2017 at a nightclub or at a discoteca, I think, in Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. And for a fun fact, in an interview in 2012 for the official website, he said that if he wasn't a driver, he would have wanted to be a lawyer. So what if Checo and I had just both been lawyers? (laughs) That would have been really great. (laughs) Off the track, he's also involved in quite a few other things. In July, he announced he'd be entering his own team into the E1 series which is the world's first all-electric raceboat championship which is super random but very fun. <laughs> Alejandro Agog is one of the founders of the championship and Turco knows him well from his GP2 days because he raced for Agog's team but we'll be curious to see how that goes next year so keep an eye out for that but Overall, hopefully, huge things to come from this weekend. So excited that Tee and Jess are going to be there, so watch out for all their content from the ground. We are so excited, and we'll be back with you next week for a recap.